Davies, and you're listening to Split Picks from the Split Tooth Podcast Network. Today's matchup is the White Stripes self-titled debut from 1999 and Get Behind Me Satan from 2005, their fifth album. Hey, Nick and Craig, how are you guys today? Doing okay. Just uh, ready to talk about this band. I haven't talked about this band in a long time, so it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's been a while for me too, so it's going to be good to dive back into them. What's your favorite color of red? Because I think so much of their palette has red in it. Uh, I'm I like um, I like burgundy and like scarlet and kind of like the deeper, like slightly darker reds. What about you, Craig? A D zero 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 five. That's really specific. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that color is? It is the color for Split Tooth Media. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that's that, that's some good uh, branding right there. You like that? I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, my favorite shade of red is maroon. I like a deep, deep red, but not too deep. I guess to get things started, I want to hear about your experiences with the White Stripes in general. When did you guys first hear about them? Obviously, Seven Nation Army was a monster hit. Mm-hmm. Ar- arguably, probably the biggest rock song of the 2000s. You could make a really good case for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean that... it's hard not to imagine like a guitar center where somebody isn't playing that riff. I actually remember this boy I had a crush on in high school was like, oh, yeah, play guitar. And I was like, what do you know? And he goes, Seven Nation Army. Yeah, see, that's the thing. We'll get to that. But my earliest White Stripes memory, I think I was in eighth grade and White Stripes were on the Icky Thump tour. And I was like, hey, Brett, Brett's my brother. I was like, we should think about going to this. And he's like, yeah, they have Seven Nation Army, nothing else. We never really listened to them yet. So the show sold out. And I was like, I'm still kind of curious. So we started buying all their music. And then it was like, wow, we should not have skipped that show. And then Karma, they broke up on my brother's birthday. So, you know, it came full circle. You got to love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess my, my first interaction with the band was probably middle school uh i had a friend who was uh taking a guitar class and he was he was like yeah the teacher taught us all seven nation army it's an easy song and he's like you know that one and i was like no what's what's that and he was just like you've never heard that dude it's like all over the place like you got to hear it and so he showed me the song and then from then on it was every day i would sneak into my mom's uh my mom's office in the house and like i would just play it on loop on her computer just for you know hours and hours and hours and um didn't really think to like look into their other music or anything like that until uh i started hanging out with uh craig here and he was There's like, theme. Yeah, yeah. He was just sort of like, yeah, you should listen to the whole album. You should hear. I'll give you this, this, and this. And he gave me uh, White Blood Cells, and I was really into that one. That was probably that one's still probably my favorite album of theirs. Mine too, I think. Yeah, but the fun thing about the White Stripes is like at our high school, especially like anyone who had a guitar, it was like you played like the White Stripes catalog, and then just the competition song was Thick Freakness by the Black Keys. But yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was the one. That but. was yeah, that was the one where it's like, oh, he's good. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like, that was like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, oh they can play. But then like, it was like, ugh. everyone here is playing the same song. Like, yeah. maybe it's not that hard. But no, it's anywho. No, the White Stripes. I remember that was like, they're a big reason why we're friends, Nick. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No, it's like because you you and uh, our friend Liam convinced me to start playing guitar again after I'd quit, and uh, those were the first songs that you guys taught me was White Stripe songs, because they're so easy. Yeah, but you'd play 
guitar i'd play drums neither of us were good but it's like yeah you know we're pretty good we can play white stripes yeah, yeah we yeah we can play white stripes <laughs> songs we're okay we're fine so the white stripes broke up in 2010 right yes what grade you're four years three years younger than us so you were like three and a half so you were probably in middle school when they broke up yeah probably okay. like middle school and that's when i was just really like getting into my music taste too and i didn't have many friends who were into the same stuff as me <laughs> actually i remember going to like the electric fetus which is a our record store in the twin cities and like all my friends were still really into top 40s and hadn't quite found their like music their own music taste yet and i remember walking up to the guy there and going I just feel so alone. I want I want friends who like like the same music as me. It was such a, you know, I felt really weird for liking certain music and then he handed me a poster, like a poster for Stab or something and was like, "You'll be fine." But it was interesting because I remember like trying to show my friends maybe a a Jack White song or something and someone being like, "That's too loud." We've talked a little bit about our backgrounds with the White Stripes, but I'm interested in hearing when you guys first heard their debut album. This one came later for me. I, I remember it was, we were kind of hesitant to get it just because, like, oh, it's their first album. You know, it's probably not great. You know, high school wisdom. Um, so we started with White Blood Cells, Elephant. Then I think we jumped to Icky Thump. Then, dis, is it Distilled or dis, Distill? Distill. Distill, their second album. Then I think Get By Me Satan and this one with the last two we actually listened to intently. Is it the same for Eunuch? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... So when I started listening to them, I really stuck within that avenue of Elephant and White Blood Cells because those had the rockers on it. And when I was in high school, I was really all... Do, of... do you mean the bangers, not the rockers? Because I feel like their whole catalog is rockers. Craig, stop. Oh, that's a uh, legitimate question. Oh, I, I can I, I, I thought you. I thought you were being completely sarcastic. No, no, I'm... Um, I'm I hate the word banger, but I yeah. think it's appropriate. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I kind of stuck with that. I stuck with the hits, basically. You know, I didn't move beyond it. And so I never really listened to them until late high school. I was like, okay, I got to give the rest of their stuff a shot. Like, I got to try it at least. And so I decided to start listening to the first album. And I was like, okay, this is kind of, it sounds so primitive yeah primitive it sounds like it's recorded in a in a trash can yeah and i i always find it funny when people are like oh meg white's a bad drummer it's like have you heard the first album like that's exactly what she's on this earth for yeah <laughs> like, that was the whole point yeah i mean this one especially you really get the blues roots like because jack white loves i mean with third man records he's done an amazing job of finding these obscure 30s blues musicians whose catalogs were thought to be lost and now they're on vinyl again and it's just so clear hearing all these guys that you know they had no percussion but they'd like just hit the guitar for some rhythmic accents it's like that's what he wanted meg to do and in this album especially it's so clear like jimmy the exploder just boom boom ba boom yeah. boom boom like it's that opening drum bit it sounds like a little kid like learning how to hit drums and that's exactly like, what he said about yeah. hearing meg play drums the first time he's like wow it sounds like a caveman i want that in my band or like i just love that argument like oh she can't drum it's like no that's this is what she thrives on i'm pretty sure jack white's favorite song is still the uh, don't mind people grinning in your face by Sunhouse," and it's just a guy singing with off time clapping it just 
has such a profound effect on the song as a whole because it's it shouldn't work it's you know off time and but it just fits perfectly and meg does that she's more on time but she doesn't throw a lot at you but it sticks and it's yeah she's got a high ratio of effectiveness per stroke i'd say (laughs) that's a great way to put it i'm interested what songs do you guys think showcase her drumming the best on this album probably stuff probably the rockier stuff to be honest um i would say stuff like screwdriver is a good one for that um big three killed my baby is a really good one for that because it's just like every hit she has it feels so powerful it's just floor tom and snare (laughs) just like but it fills so much space Mm -hmm. and like i could never do that like with how if i were to try that like it wouldn't sound the same it would sound totally different it's funny you say that because like you can always tell people who actually have played drums before when they talk about the white stripes and people who haven't and say like oh john bonham like best drummer ever like meg white doesn't want the you know thunderous four stick solo like that's not what she's about and that doesn't mean she's a bad drummer like she's just fitting the the music and that's so much harder to do as a drummer just blending in there's and, to use like a, a modern like slang term there's so many drummers who just love to flex yeah. and just love to show off and it's not about showing off that's why people that's why i don't listen to people who say that ringo star is a bad drummer because it's like well not really because he's fitting the songs he's fitting in with the mold of the band yeah it's not about flashy solos or flashy fills it's about doing what's right for that moment yeah meg and ringo are very similar for me or you know you say oh ringo's not great but it's like you try playing the intro to birthday but for me i think um when i hear my name is another great meg song because it's just all symbol just dun 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 it's rudimentary but it's not bad yeah i want to hear a little bit about what your personal favorite tracks are on the album I love the intro or the uh, the opener, Jimmy the Exploder. I think is just a, it's a phenomenal way to open an album and open a open a band's career. Yes, <laughs> uh, you know it's just like it just has that that riff which Jack White become will become so known for, just seeming like an endless well of riffs. But um, it's also just two chords. Yeah. It is. And it's just, it's so cool and so powerful and so aggressive that it's a great one. I love Sugar Never Tasted So Good. I'm a big fan of that one. It was, it's a much needed palate cleanser after the rockers and all that. And I really like Do. I think that's a really good song. I think, I don't know, it kind of shows off his softer side, which I think, I don't, I don't think Jack White shows off enough. I agree. I think some of the White Stripes softer songs and also Jack, Jack White's softer songs are some of my favorites. I think they're the most underrated of his. Absolutely. I'm going to say Screwdriver is one of my favorites. That was always one I loved jamming on in high school. It's so simple. Like, this this one is just them in a nutshell. It's Jack with, you know, very little chords, a killer riff, and Meg with one drum at a time. You know, she goes from a few notes on the floor tom to just quarter notes on the hi-hat and then hits the bass drum every new measure. <laughs> it's It's so simple, but... So they just say so much with so few notes. Yeah. And that's, I think that's really, and that's kind of their whole MO is doing a lot with a little. Yeah. 
I was gonna ask about there are, there are a couple songs on this album with some piano in them, right? Yeah. Yes, um, I was gonna ask about the piano playing. What you guys think of that? And the White Stripes, and specifically in this album. Uh, I like it. I think Jack White's a good pianist. He's definitely better at guitar, but he's good at just kind of setting a mood with the piano. I mean, St. James Infirmary Blues is, is that the only one with piano? I feel like when I was listening to it, there might have been a couple more. But... That might be the only one. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I've never been particularly wowed by his piano playing, but um, that's not necessarily to say that he's bad at it. Um, He just... Yeah, I, th- I think Craig put it really well. He's really good at establishing a vibe and establishing a mood for that song. And if the song calls for a piano, he puts it in there and it's really effective. Yeah, I was going to say the White Stripes are just really good at creating a mood. That's such a good way to say it. Like their songs aren't necessarily little worlds, but they are little like, oh God, motifs was the word I wanted to use. They're not, they all, I feel like there's some of them have similar thematic stuff in the lyrics and there's a lot of kind of sound stuff that ties them together, like Mike's drumming and the guitar riffs, but they're really good at creating like little like bluesy motifs or like the softer ones or the kind of more rockin' ones. Like they're really good at breaking things down. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole White Stripes ethos really comes from Jack growing up without a lot of money and being an upholsterer where, you know, you're given a chair and he was told to make something of it. And you just find ways to do a lot with nothing when you grow up like that. And his guitar that he's used forever has holes in it. I think he got it as a gift for someone who didn't have money when they got a chair. for. I think it was something like that. Yeah. It was a they, present. They exchanged it. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, okay, I'll take it. And then he's just made it last forever now it's probably one of the most expensive guitars in the world because of what he's done with it (laughs) yeah it's just it's it's so funny how he manages to take all all of this this stuff that anybody else would say oh it's broken or ah i'll make it work it has a purpose (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting because when blunderbuss came out i remember my dad had heard an interview with, I think, Jack did with Stephen Colbert, I want to say. And the two of them were having such a good time. And my dad was like, wow, Jack White seems like such a down-to-earth person. And I don't know, has that has anyone's opinion of him changed in that way? Like, with his most recent albums, what he's done, um, like, his newest one, his solo album? Wait, wait, so you're saying, like, he appeared as, like, this saintly person before? He's not, like, a saintly person, but, like, he, my dad was, like, wow, like, he's a funny, like, genuine guy, which is interesting. My, that was my dad's opinion based on, like, a Stephen Colbert interview. I mean, I've read some things about him that have made me not think he's the nicest guy in the yeah, world, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I've heard some things that have definitely soured my opinion about him, and there are definitely some things where I think, like, okay, come on, man. The Dan Auerbach feud is hilarious, yeah. though. <laughs> it's like, come on, just let it go, man. I, but on the other hand, I love how petty he is about it. It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, this guy steals my career, and then he moves his kid into my, my kid's school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh, but yeah, very petty. Well, it's interesting because you were, I just brought that up because you were talking about him coming up in the world with not much and being like an upholsterer and stuff and really putting this hard work in and now he's like the willy wonka vinyl yeah that, yeah it's it's an interesting he's 
the band has an interesting trajectory based on what you were telling me earlier. I didn't know a whole lot about that. That movie where like Meg's crying. That's under the gray, white, northern lights, yeah. their live concert film and documentary. It's very worth watching. It's just, I think it's an interesting tra- trajectory. Do you think their music matches that at all as a whole? In what way? Like, just like getting bigger? and Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a line there that they are parallel? Um, I mean, they very much were like two instruments per song for a long time. And then as they got going, you know, they'd sometimes be piano and guitar at the same time, which is like, there's only two people. How do they do that? But unlike the Black Keys, like when they played live, there were just two people. They didn't add more, which is why seeing him live now is a little weird when there's seven people on stage, I think. Something like that. Yeah, he has a fuller band and... Yeah, it's, I don't know, the White Stripes songs don't really translate to seven people. You know, it's cool to hear, but I would take the distilled versions of the recorded ones any day. You know, I never got to see the White Stripes live, unfortunately, but I think when they're at their most bare is when they're strongest. I was going to say, that's, I think that's a very good thing to note with this album, was I wouldn't want to see most of these songs live now with him. I wouldn't. Mm, they're still showstoppers. It's weird trying to see someone play like Meg White. Yeah, it's from a, like he can have the best drummer in the world, but it's still not going to be the same. Yeah. Like, and for these songs in particular, I would take Meg White over anyone. Yeah. Trying to trying to play it because it's just not. It's simply not gonna be the same. I mean, the drummer he has now, like, I love watching him. He's, like, six foot four, and he tilts his drums forwards. He's just, like, playing over them. He's just so fun to watch, but he's just a lot better at playing something like Freedom at 21 rather than, you know, canon. Let's get back to the album by talking about themes. Are there any lyrical themes? Yeah, it's it's hard. It's not really, yeah. I wouldn't say there's, like, an overarching theme here. I think it's just a collection of songs of theirs and they kind of they weren't really like i'm not gonna say brave enough but they weren't really ready to start doing like bigger thematic things with their albums at this point they were probably just more focused on getting the album out and having an album at all yeah it's good to note that this is their debut album then again it also wasn't jack white's first band yeah so i don't know if i'd say like oh it's like the desperate like we have to be heard it's because he had the upholsters before this i wasn't saying so much we need to be heard i think they were just more focused on getting the thing out and having the thing ready yeah but i think they'd also had these songs around for a long time possibly i I wouldn't know about that but yeah because i think they were already pretty well known around detroit when they recorded this album because they'd been playing live forever I don't know about forever, but they've been playing live around town for a while. But it is a 17-song album. Like, that's a lot of songs for your first one. Yeah. Nick, I think you've mentioned before that you think some of them might not be the strongest. Yeah, I just think it could easily... It could have done really well with a bit of trimming. But, you know, uh, like, there, I think there are just some songs that just aren't... That just don't make sense. So what's on the chopping block? For me, I would say Astro, definitely. Um... When I hear my name, because I cannot Ooh. Ooh. remember, I genuinely cannot remember how that song goes. I've listened to it like three times this morning. and That's I, your own damn fault. You know, I just don't remember. Well, it's also my opinion. And That's one of the best on the album. Like, that is as good as they get. Why is it the best, Craig? I didn't say the best. I said one of the best. Okay, why is it one of the best? It's 
so much of what they were going for and there are a few like looking at it like oh i can't place the riff right off the top of my head but when i hear my name that's it's one of the showstoppers in the movie like they play that was just like oh my god <laughs> they did all that with two instruments like holy crap it's that's just that's like the nucleus of everything they're good at and why they're a band i think uh and then on top of that i think one more cup of coffee it's it's you know it's a bob dylan cover it doesn't need to be there but it's a very good cover it is a very good cover but i don't know i just my my question is why is it there because it's a very good cover (laughs) fair enough all right so nick what are your final thoughts on this one i think it's a good it's a good starting point and i think uh, for the band, not for a listener. I, I would say this is definitely one I would say go to it after you're well-versed with the bigger stuff and you want to know how the band started out and how the why the band is the way it is now. And it, I think I like it a lot more now, looking back on the band, than I did when they were still active and around. Yeah, it's just I, I think it has more power now than it did back then. What are your last thoughts, Craig? I think it's pretty essential to the band. I agree that it's probably not the best one to start with now. Um, I'd probably recommend starting with, you know, the back-to-back of Elephant and White Blood Cells. Those two are about as good as rock music in the 2000s gets. Mm -hmm. But I am a sucker for first albums just because I think that's, like, you know, the pent-up stuff that people had. Like, this is what I want to get out into the world, and then just seeing how they develop it's really interesting to see, especially where Jack White is now, where he's got, you know, the big band. He's running probably the coolest final production company in the world. Like, he can do whatever he wants now. And to go back to this, where he has this terrible guitar, you know, his ex-wife, fake sister on drums, like, you know, it's kind of the dream for bands. Like, you start like this in your garage, and then one day you headline arenas. And you can't forget that you get there through the little songs like this. I think that's a good note to end the White Stripes debut album on. After this break, we'll go into Get Behind Me, Satan. No, I'll never, no, I'll never, no, I'm never gonna let you down now. about get behind me satan you guys wanted to talk a little bit about the album that precedes that which is elephant why it's because that album was huge for them it it turned them into rock stars it really did and like seven nation army i mean really needs no introduction it was the song go to any soccer stadium anywhere in the world you're gonna hear however many thousands of people yelling it together yeah (laughs) drunkenly we should add well, it's soccer. How else are you going to enjoy it? Hey, easy there. <laughs> now, um, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, it was such a huge album. It had all these great videos accompanying it. You were mentioning the hardest button to button video, Craig, and how the Simpsons spoofed that. That's kind of a sign you've made it. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's it. Like, when the Simpsons talk about you, you're there. It also, it just has a lot of great songs on it. I mean, like, Black Math is a great rocker. Um... I just don't know what to do with myself as an incredible cover. 
and there's so much more. How do you follow an album like Elephant? Well, like we talked about the other day with Arcade Fire, I mean, you can either do the exact same thing or you get a little weirder. And this is them pushing the envelope and just saying, well, we're going to do our own thing. And I think this is the first White Stripes album that has marimba on it. Um, it's got glockenspiel. It's like, oh, you you like it when we play guitar? How about we have an album with minimal guitar in it? And that's really Get Behind Me Satan. Guitar is just another piece of the puzzle here. Uh, guitar just is there to accent certain songs. Like The Nurse, which is one of my favorite on the album. It It's there to provide these little, like, just shots of aggression in the very very calm very sweet song and then it just eventually just devolves into just bang 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 and it just it really drives the whole song into this whole weirder direction it's really cool so the denial twist is more of a dancey song specifically there's what is it there he says like something do the twist you know there's something kind of that harkens back to like rock and roll from like the you know late 50s early 60s but I'm interested in hearing about your guys' opinion about the White Stripes' take on a dancier song. I've never been a big fan of people trying to make dance songs. Like, you know, Astro is the, you know, do the Astro on the first album. And I agree with Nick. I think that one could have been cut. This one as well. Like, you know, it's fine. But do, do you need to make a new dance? I don't know. And also the song, to me, it just, like, it, does, it doesn't really move me in any direction. It just kind of... It doesn't make me want to get up and dance. It makes me want to just kind of get to the next song. Yeah, it's it's not going to spawn any viral dance challenges. No, no. Especially when the next song is White Moon. It's like, all right, why is this one here? <laughs> sit down now. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's sit down and be sad. Do you guys think there's something, though, in the fact that it's the denial twist? It doesn't have a video, does it? I don't like believe video. so. Not that I'm aware of. So I think it's probably just Jack White humor. Like, let's write a song about a dance and not have a video to tell you how to do it. I don't know. I just think it's probably kind of intended as a joke song. Just like, yeah, hey, do the denial twist. And yeah. it's pretty empty to me, though. Yeah. And like the I think the really the whole joke of the song just comes down to the title of it just being called the denial twist like what's the denial twist and it's like uh, it's it's not a dance at all yeah who and so it's just kind of like oh, who cares yeah so i think the denial twist is the dance song but it's probably taken the you know march into the beat of your own drum to another level it's just like here's a song about a dance but in her head she's not hearing this what are some standout tracks on the album that are just better than the denial twist i mean i think right out of the gate blue orchid like that's how you start an album right there. It's just got that weird like reverse drums fade in and yeah. then just like whatever pedal Jack White pedals he has in that intro, especially just because it sounds like his guitar is tripled. So it's probably multiple octaves. It's fuzzed out. It's just a great riff. And Meg just kind of lets it drive the song, just a little bass drum. But then once she comes in, it's just like, damn, these guys have so much power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's another example. It's it's White Stripes doing their thing, doing what they do best on both sides. Like Jack White doing the riff, doing, you know, writing a, a riff that so many people are going to try so hard to replicate. And Meg White only doing what serves the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a stick out or a standout track for, for me is... Uh, 
Instinct Blues is a great one. See, I, that's my least favorite on the album. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. I really like it. I, I don't know. It's definitely not their best. Did you see it Mike It Loud? Um, yeah. Yeah, I did. The movie with um, Jimmy Page and The Edge from U2. The three of them just have like a random guitar get together yeah but it's weird but yeah it's jack white improvises a song in the movie called fly farm blues mm-hmm. and it's like the exact same thing oh, really? <laughs> it's like spider got eight legs me i got two and this one is just like the same thing so i don't know i've always just kind of felt those two were like the same thing yeah so i've never really liked either but i will say this album flows so well because it kind of like the white album where it's like you think the beatles white album you, know, you think something's coming then it's just like oh that's how they follow that one so blue orchid builds it up just be like okay it's gonna be like a crazy rock record then it's like here comes the marimba yeah <laughs> like on the nurse and then my doorbell's kind of like the you know the single and then forever furs over for me goes back into just this is where they are now all right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite transition on the album can you like pinpoint one where it's just it, it gets you going after Instinct Blues, um, it goes right into Passive Manipulation, which is just this weird little 35-second song of just Meg singing. And it's just very simple. very, And it's just like kind of like a warning to other women or like instructions. And it's very, I don't know, it just like it goes right into it after uh, Instinct Blues. And I just think like I really, I'm a sucker for when songs just like, snap right into the next thing just go right into it and i there's a lot of that on this record i was gonna say it seems to have more of it than on their self-titled album yeah i really like the last three i think those three should not work back to back to back but they just do and as ugly as i seem you know it's a slower acoustic song which is mag on the bongos or something (laughs) um and then it goes into red rain which is just jack white playing the best slide guitar and it's there's a great video of him playing Red Rain. Well, the White Stripes playing Red Rain, but he just has this insane solo on it. And then it the album ends with I'm Lonely But I Ain't That Lonely Yet was just a solo piano song. And just the disparity between those three is like, they're really hitting a lot of ground. And it's amazing to see the development since the first album where it's just like electric guitar and drums. You know? Yeah. I've also noticed that a difference from the first album and this one is this one has longer tracks and just an interesting disparity I see or change. Yeah, you know, longer, more thought out songs. I mean, Elephant had some longer songs. I mean, Ball and Biscuits, obviously seven minutes, but definitely been trending upwards. Something I noticed is like with this album, even from Elephant to this one is like there's a lot more attention to arrangement. Yeah, it's it's more than just two chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a focus on creating like, for want of a better term, orchestration, uh, with the whole album and with each song. There's just a lot of layers and there's a lot going on. There's a lot to dive into here. A lot more than the first album, mm-hmm. which I think makes it um, a bit more of a, a bit more of a fun listen. I w- I will say it's not an album I listen to a ton. Me neither. But it's yeah. one when it's on, I'm going to finish it. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's just, it's, like you said, it's weird. It's so well-constructed, though, and it just, the first time you hear it, it's like you have no idea what's coming next. And you're just like, okay, well, here's the rocker. Like, what's next? And it's like, oh, okay, that. <laughs> yeah. It's never predictable. Yeah, which is a sign of a great album. Yeah. Is 
you you said something interesting where you said I don't listen to it a lot, but when it's on, I'm going to finish it. Does the first album do that at all for you, or is it what's your listening pattern with it? Is it different? You know, I think the first album is still one that I mainly listen to, and it's like, wow, I haven't heard this song in five years, and I'll just grab my guitar and play along to it and be like, cool, that was fun. And then I'll like skip to three more, like, oh, I'm going to hear Screwdriver. Like, I forgot how to play that. It's like, oh, yeah, it's two chords. <laughs> but it's that one isn't as much of like, I'm going to sit down with it. It's more just these songs are so much fun, you know? Like, it really just takes me back to looking at a guitar and being like, how do you make noise with this that isn't bad? And yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of like the punk rock stuff I learn to play but it's simple and it's music that anyone can do but no one can do it like them so i think that one is more fun to listen to just for fun this one is definitely more of a like sit down and with headphones and just listen that's a really good distinction to make do you have any final thoughts before we choose split picks i guess what i'll say about get behind me satan is that it it was a sign of the White Stripes trying to grow while maintaining par- parts of their ethos that um, maybe were kind of starting to constrict them a little bit. I think this album really was just them trying to push beyond their limitations that they set for themselves and trying to grow and maintain their ethos at the same time and figure out what that next step is after the two chord rocker thing. And this was just really just the next step and the next logical step, I would say, of just introducing more instruments, trying to introduce more uh, orchestration or different kinds of sounds. And I think it was really effective. I love Jack White for this, but I think it also might be his fatal flaw. He always tries to make things harder than they need to be. Like when they play live, he doesn't put picks in his microphone. He puts all his guitar picks at the back of the stage. So if he drops one, he has to run back and grab it. And he places his instruments like his keyboard is like a step further than where most people would have it. So that if he has to switch from keyboard to guitar during a song, it's an extra step further, so he has that much less time to react. I think that's where he's gotten in trouble lately, though, is he doesn't know how to push himself. So on his newest solo record, like his idea was to lock himself in a hotel room for a weekend and see what came out. And it, it shows. That was not a very good album. But I think with this one, the challenge was how do we grow beyond being a simple guitar and drums band? And so the answer to that one was... Let's add more instruments. Let's make the songs longer. And, you know, they really outdid themselves on this one because they could have just done more guitar. And Jack White wasn't going to do that. And the work paid off. I think this album really is uh, kind of uh, unfortunately overlooked one for the most part. Yeah, it's kind of been forgotten, which makes me sad. Yeah, (laughs) because there's some really great stuff. Hey, Nick, what's your pick? I, I get my pick is get behind me, Satan, because um, honestly, going into this, I, I thought I was going to pick uh, White Stripes or the de- the self-titled debut, because those are the songs I know more and those are the songs I like more. But um, I was really impressed by this album because I never really gave it a fair shake, I, I realized. And I like a lot of people, I probably assume. And um, yeah, really, it really wowed me and surprised me. I'm in 
total agreement. I thought I was going to pick the first album as well, but just sitting down with them head to head, it's, you know, this is a band that really did grow well. And, you know, this was Jack White's top hat phase. It worked out. (laughs) Top hat and pencil thin mustache. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've got a consensus. Our well, Sarah pick... said, do you have a pick? I mean, I feel I like... I don't know them. I want to say I don't love them well enough, but yeah, I would have to do Get Behind Me Sane just okay. because it's a little bit more of a complicated album. Nick, can I ask one final question? Yeah, fire away. Do you have a favorite song from these two albums? Mm-hmm. Uh, overall? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hard one. I would say probably The Nurse. That one just took me by surprise completely. I did not expect... Because I heard the marimba, I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and uh, and then just, like, the loud, like, punches of sound would come in. And I was just like, oh, wow, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, Like, I, I don't know this album very well. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and then that just hooked me from the get-go. Yeah, it's like a great Crash Bandicoot song. But <laughs> it, it really I, is. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I, I think my favorite, I'm going to cheat a little bit. That same live session I talked about with Red Rain, they do Forever For Her Is Over For Me. And it's jack on piano and it's a little faster but it's so good it's the first result on youtube if you type up uh, forever her is over for me and yeah that's my favorite of the two though it's just again it's kind of a weirder track but it's got piano it's got marimba it's got guitar it's got meg's drumming and it all just works so well together that you know it, it makes you wonder like what if they'd been a four-piece band the whole time but then at the same time it's like that would kill it (laughs) yeah we have a unanimous decision and our split pick is get behind me satan thank you guys for having an interesting conversation about (laughs) the white strips actually learned a lot wow sweet (laughs) don't get used to that yeah no that's that's gonna be rare (laughs) i mean you did mention crash bandicoot and i kind of went out it's, there it's but... a nostalgia trip hey man <laughs> crash bandicoot is classic let's go play crash bandicoot please <laughs> all right Split Picks will return in two weeks. Our next matchup will be Wild Gift and More Fun in the New World by the 1980s Los Angeles punk band X. If you'd like to stay up to date with all things Split Tooth Media, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud at Split Tooth Media. Thank you for listening.